Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means it's time for the Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. Raw After Show. You are being treated to Triple J, Justin Labar, Jack Farmer, and Corduroy, Jimmy Corderas. Fellas, Jimmy, how are you? How have you been? I'm, I'm good, hanging out here, up here north of the border, north of the 48th, 49th, 49th, I I guess it is. Uh, I keep forgetting which number it is, but yeah, we're doing good. Still got some uh, nice weather so far as we're heading closely into fall. And, you know, usually up here in Canada, we have two seasons, winter and construction. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I got bit by the nice weather this uh, this weekend. I got a little sunburned, but I'm, I'm OK. It's going to turn to a nice, beautiful tan very soon. Uh, Justin, though, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, exciting start of nfl football here in the states and my washington commanders a uh, new era we are one and oh so that's exciting my fantasy team has lost by a point and a half so that's disappointing um but all in all i'm i'm, I'm doing fine if that's if that's, uh, if that's if that's if that's if that's what i have to complain about that is first world problems right mm-hmm. i uh... Well, my team, the Seahawks, I had to turn away from right as uh, they got down to the last few seconds and they were up by one. I, so uh, I'm uh, I'm guessing here, uh, but I think they pulled out. But I'm kind of torn on if I'm excited about them pulling it out because I don't think they're going to be good this year. Part of me wants them to just tank, like take the losses, get a good pick. That's a responsible fan of you. Yeah, exactly. You root for the jersey. You root for the for the overall well being of the franchise. Yes. You don't get caught up in fanboy delirium. Yeah, like, we're not we're not going anywhere. Why are we doing this? This this is going to be what costs us that great. Like some quarterback is going to show out in college football this year and be the next Patrick Mahomes, and we're going to be stuck having to draft someone else. I don't know who else, but it could be it could be worse. Your team could uh, miss an extra point to tie the game and then lose. That's very true too. Yeah. Do you, you guys don't have you, you've never <clears throat> seen American football, Jimmy? You're in Canada. No, we can. Oh come <laughs> on! First of all, we're across. We're just right across the water from Buffalo, so we get Bills games galore. But uh, I'm a, of all th- teams a Tennessee Titans fan because I used to be a Houston Oilers fan from back in the day. Dan Pastorini, Billy White, Shoes Johnson, Earl the Pearl Campbell, who as Richard Pryor used to say in his act. You know, he would run and guys would be hanging off him and they'd be yelling in his ear, please, Richard, uh, please, Earl, go down. My kids are watching on TV as he's dragging <laughs> him across the field. Yeah, I'm, I, I like the Titans as well. Uh, I really messed up because my fantasy team has Russell Wilson on it. So I was day one, I was already a torn fan. Do I want my fantasy team to do well or do I want my real team to do well? Well, like I said, I wanted my real team to tank. Do the <laughs> big long term, why don't you? Uh, see uh, i can't fan, like 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 as a, as a washington fan i despise dallas so i have i have a rule i've played fantasy sports I, i've been playing i've been in I've, there's one fantasy football league i've been in uh for 22 years now wow and uh, same, same you know mostly almost the same 12 of us been maybe three or four mm-hmm. deviations i have never once in the 22 years drafted or picked up a dallas cowboys player i don't care i cannot Ooh. do it I will not do it. <clears throat> I can't wait for the next uh, spar with Labar because you're going to have some heat with one David LaGreca. But anyways. <clears throat> I've drafted Russell Wilson every year since he uh, came into the league, including this one. So wow. I, I even reach for him when I know that people are going to go for him. <laughs> I'm not very good at fantasy football, by the way. Uh, so uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a big show to get into, but I want to talk first about some pretty big successes coming from the WWE. 
Triple H, he went to Twitter to talk about just how good of a show Clash the Castle was. He said on Twitter, it was a massive success for WWE across all lines of business in the WWE universe in the UK. The next question is, where should we go next? The tweet featured an image showcasing the feats that Clash the Castle was able to pull off. For starters, uh, Gunther and Sheamus was the most viewed Intercontinental title match in premium live event history, uh, and also claims that Clash the Castle was the largest European gate ever, amongst other things, uh, and says that it was the biggest non-WrestleMania event for them, which is a very big win. It actually leads into the next thing, uh, the, the next news item. I'm just going to put them together because it's all about the successes of WWE. Uh, SmackDown's numbers have just been incredible. Uh, WrestleNomics released the viewership information for this past Friday, and the September 9th episode of SmackDown was watched by 2,367,000 viewers, which was 14% higher than last week. And the key demo, 744,000 people, just monster numbers, Justin. And, uh, I got, I got some thoughts on why they're doing so well, but I would like to hear yours. Well, I want to start with the Clash of the Castle success, and, and you listed some of the accolades. One, I don't think you did mention that I'm kind of looking at uh, mainly, is the for merchandise, the best-selling non-WrestleMania event. That's huge. Now, you know, look, we see now in this day and age that WWE puts on a few other shows that to scale look uh, look like WrestleMania, right? You know, we see a Saudi show a couple times a year. Obviously, we got this great show in, in front of the UK fans. But, you know, the Saudi shows, you know, I, I'm sure this, maybe this is a, a cultural thing or whatever. You know, I don't, we don't ever hear about, you know, booming merchandise numbers um, of them buying, you know. So I, that, I think that's kind of key but this but for this show from Cardiff is that you're there in front of 60,000 fans. Uh, and to be able to have 60,000 fans, with 60,000, that's a great number, but that's not... That's not, a, you know, I mean, there's been many, there's been several WrestleManias that have trumped that number, right? And so to have the best-selling non-WrestleMania, you know, merchandise event, I think that's a huge thing. Merchandise is big. It's big for the talent who get a cut of it. Um, you know, and I always think that merchandise is a really good way to, you know, there's there's key demos and segments, whatever. But I always think that if you want to measure how are talent doing, unfortunately, it's not stuff that's readily public. But if you can get WWE to release anything about who's moving the needle at the merch stand, that tells you who's over. That tells you what's getting over. Did some character all of a sudden start some catchphrase and they made a shirt with it? Is that selling? Like, I, I, I think merch is a, merch is a, a time, a time withstanding measurement. You know, we can say that TV gets out of date with with our viewing habits and whatever. A lot of things evolve. Merchandise is still as relevant today in 2022 as it is in 1996 when the Austin 316 shirt exploded, when the NWO shirt exploded. So I love merch numbers and the fact that Tout is the best-selling non-WrestleMania event, big number, big deal to me. And then SmackDown, yeah, SmackDown along with Raw, just things are consistent, things are, things are just moving. The, the, the word is slowly spreading. You don't need to just check this show out on YouTube. It's worth even just. It's worth checking out while it's happening because you know what? You might miss out and, and might get spoiled on social media that somebody showed up. Somebody did something cool. Somebody said something cool. Things mattered. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of momentum right now in Stanford. I love your points about the merch because I always say saying you like someone on Twitter is great. And of course, if you like someone, you know, I always think praising people is always a good thing to do. But the merch matters. If you really like someone, like if you're a big fan of Liv Morgan and you want to see her keep that title, go buy a Liv Morgan shirt. Go like that's the the best thing you can do. 
Uh, but Jimmy, I something Justin said there, everything's cooking. It's a great, you know, I know it's it was big and historic that they were in the UK for a classic mm-hmm. castle, but I think the real selling point for us not in the UK was that it looked like it was going to be a great show, what regardless of where they were. Uh, but what do you attribute to the success to? Do you think it's same thing or what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's all of the above. I mean, like they're just seem to be hitting all the right notes right now. Like Justin said, with the merchandise, you get that's your best gauge of who's hit, you know connecting with the audience and people are gravitating towards. But right now, I think with Triple H taking over. And people at first were curious to see where this direction was going to go with him at the helm. Would there still be that influence from Vincent? Well, you know, there's all those people out there, the conspiracy theorists. Oh, Vince is still in his ear. Or he's, uh, he's, he's running things from the shadows. But what's going on right now is, and I always thought that, and I think Triple H has a good pulse of uh, old, blending old school with new school. And I believe I've said that here before. And now we're getting to see that he can cater not only to those hardcore internet fans, he's catering to a wide variety of fans. There are people who are kind of coming back and going, you know what? I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing now. I'm kind of gravitating towards this. Stories are making sense. Matches are given time to develop and tell stories. All of the above. So if you're into uh, matches that, that tend to have a lot of spots in it, You'll mm-hmm. get those occasionally, but you don't get in a whole entire hour of it. You know what I mean? You get a lot of variety. I think he's, like I said, he's ticking all the boxes, the right boxes right now. He's on a bit of a streak with what he's presenting on television. And I think, at least for now, people are digging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I am. I am. Yeah. I, I think <clears throat> between us, I think Raw's been the best weekly wrestling show going for the past few weeks. I I think all their shows have been great. They've been, they've been uh, crushing it. Um, and have I you been, have you been added to the payroll as well? No, I'm kidding. God, I hope so. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, if they cut me a check, no. you think you, only WWE money could support that hair, that farmer? Yeah, it takes a it takes a lot of a. Well, now that they signed a deal with Fox, they're able to afford the yeah. hair budget. Uh, I always think that's funny. People say like, oh, you're like getting a check. Like, could you imagine Vince McMahon being like, hey, Jack, or you know, Triple H, Jack, we need you to talk good about the show. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's, cra- it's crazy to me. It's funny. Um, well, and have we not learned anything in, in this past summer investigation? Money on the DL will eventually come to light. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> right. whether it's for sex or for podcasting, it's going right. to end up on the books and the quarter report. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the corduroy report. The corduroy report. There you go. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's get into this, this mm-hmm. week's episode. But as always, before we do, I'd like to thank everybody for uh, checking out the show. If you are watching on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review and say something nice. Why don't you? Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, I think you can leave a review there these days. If you're watching on YouTube, like, comment, share, subscribe. But... If you're watching right now, thank you so much for joining us in the chat. We've got Bernie in the chat, Rocky in the chat, the Pro Wrestling Show in the chat, Blue Chew, Angelo, Peter, George. We've got uh, Jason. We've got M. Rouse, Tuck Graff, uh, Bit Milligan. Uh, thank you guys all so much, Ricky uh, and Dylan. Thank you guys so much for being in the chat. And David there, too, and, and Big John. Always appreciate you guys joining us in the chat. Always fun to see what your guys' thoughts are. Um, 
I appreciate that. For a second there, we almost had the Beatles. I was reading off the names there, I think. <laughs> uh, but um, in any case, uh, thanks, everyone, for joining in. Uh, before also we get to the nitty-gritty, we got a, a super chat from uh, Mia Lee who says, Cable be low-key, putting on some bangers. I can see Johnny in that Cody territory as a babyface fantasy booking Trish and Lita. Get a tag title run. Hashtag Team Theory. A lot of stuff there, uh, <laughs> fellas. We'll get into that, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But uh, a lot of a lot of praise. Uh, like I mm -hmm. said, I, I I feel like Raw's just been clicking for me. I've been enjoying mm -hmm. it. Uh, let's start off the show, though. Mm -hmm. We get uh, Seth Rollins coming out, getting tons of love from the crowd. But he says he's done with Riddle and wants to be the world champion again. Riddle shows up and chases Rollins off, but then the Judgment Day comes out and they offer Riddle a spot in Judgment Day. Riddle says no thank you and they get a fight. During the Balor and Riddle match, uh, Mysterio chases off Damian Priest, but it's Rollins coming out to distract Riddle that gives Finn Balor the win. Post-match, Rollins stomps Riddle and tells him to move on. They are mm -hmm. over. Justin, the, Seth Rollins is in an interesting spot for me where clearly he's a bad guy. Clearly we're not supposed to like him, but everybody I think loves Seth Rollins. You can hear the crowd. They dig it. Uh, what, what do you think happens with a character like him that we're supposed to hate, but people clearly universally love? No, it's a great question. I actually think you know his promo before Riddle interrupted kind of uh, maybe illustrates where they actually are with him, which is he's trying to be done with Riddle. Uh, we've seen Riddle and him carry a program for the entire summer, but uh, you know, he's talking about karma. He maybe wants to get in terms of uh, getting and getting a title picture. Um, it, but it's almost like how do you put him in a title picture if you don't know whether or not he's face or heel? You don't know how to how to you know present that. Uh, I think he is in a, in a. I think he is kind of in an in between. I think he is probably maybe one of the great mysteries of the Triple H inherited era that we are now what I guess coming up on two months in, which is, um, yeah, you know he, he obviously he's a great worker uh he's uh, he, he's settled in finally with this new character this this hybrid joker kind of madman kind of thing um mm -hmm. but yeah the crowd sings along with it they, they're starting to kind of so uh, yeah I, I don't know i think he's just a question mark i think he's just kind of like he's like this utility guy who at any given moment you could put him out there in a, in a house show and let him be baby face you could put him out on a house show and let him be heel uh, i will say one interesting thing though is note is that you know he's out there uh trying to get rid of riddle then here comes Priest and Balor from Judgment Day. They're trying to take on Riddle and, and, and recruit him and then take him on. And then Rollins comes back out there. Rollins is wearing the same colors as Judgment Day. He was wearing some purple. I didn't know if that was like supposed to be an Easter egg of foreshadowing, but just uh, a note uh, that there was a, if, if you're if you're paying attention to those kind of things. I love that because, and this is what's been great about the way WWE has been presented lately, is they do those little Easter eggs. And it does matter. I think three months ago, we, I'd be like, and eh, probably doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, with the little Easter eggs you see in the backstage and stuff, you know there is thought put in that. So I like that. I like that mm -hmm. call, Justin. Um, and I do. I knew. I knew Riddle wasn't going to join Judgment Day, but I would love to see the dark Riddle character and what that mm -hmm. looks like. It would make me giggle. But Jimmy, I want to talk to you about something that I loved about this episode. It happened a bit. Is we had a lot of intersecting stories and characters throughout this episode, particularly mm -hmm. Riddle and Judgment Day. I think back in the old day, you know, again, three months ago, we always got the, you know, they have matches, you know, just those two people would interact every mm -hmm. single week until the mm -hmm. show where this is now two totally unique storylines just crossing paths and we're seeing where things go. 
Uh, I, I'm loving this. What are your thoughts when you do that? Does it muddy it up or do you like that it keeps keeps things fresh? If you tr do too much too soon, then it can muddy it up. If, as long as you take your time, again, intersecting the stories together and give it time to develop, it can work tremendously. Like we saw what happened now. Uh, we'll get into what happened at the end of Raw. I don't mm -hmm. want to give it away yet in case people haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure people <laughs> know what went on anyways. But at the same time, the, this is where now with the riddle character you can kind of intersect him and side him with those that are going against judgment day mm -hmm. because of the proceeding so intersecting these storylines uh, is beneficial is especially when you don't rush it and you don't try to just you know cram everything together or as i like to say put 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10 pound bag these intersecting storylines, Justin, and uh, I think what's great about it is it gets me thinking about rivalries and things in the future. So when those two people do clash, it doesn't feel just like two people thrown together for the sake of a rivalry. And that gets me to one of my favorite little things about this episode, Rollins saying he wants a shot at the world title. And I was thinking about it. You have KO saying that Reigns owes him. You now have Rollins saying he wants a shot at the title. Uh, even Karrion Cross has kind of wanted to pick fights with Reigns. I don't know who his next opponent is, but because people are talking about it, now it feels like when these matchups happen, again, it doesn't feel like just next next in line. It feels like, oh, there's something here. Uh, are you digging the idea of like a, a big field of people who think they should be the champion? Well, absolutely, especially when there is just one world champion. Um, it, it seems irrational that you have one world champion that only people on Friday or only people on Monday can talk about wanting to be it. No, it, it's 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 like if you're in the if you're in the company, everybody wants to main event WrestleMania. Everybody wants to be world champion. Um, I, I, I you know I will say though, just maybe a small correction, Jack, or maybe I missed it. Uh, at least with Rollins, he said he wanted to he wanted to get back into having gold. He and he did not actually. I, I don't remember at least in the original promo him saying world champion because actually part of me was saying oh. this is where US and IC comes in a good. He's just saying gold. Let's once mm -hmm. again elevate those mid card titles and make them as important as they need to be. So, but even so, but your point still stands. I, pro I projected then. I just I but, wanted to see. It. <laughs> but 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 your point still is fair for Cross. Um, for KO, you know, for other people who who are in the Roman Reigns uh, periphery. So. Uh, it, it's all good it makes it makes every title mean something it, it, that that's what it needs to happen is that that every title is worth a pursuit right um i yeah and so continuing on because yeah, i love that and there's more title talk about rollins we'll get to mm -hmm. in a second uh we get the dominic promo mm -hmm. uh and he talks about his perspective and why he doesn't want to live under his dad's shadow we also see more kind of development of Rhea Ripley possibly pulling those strings. Uh, Justin, I want to go back to you here. People have been looking at, to Dominic Mysterio to make this turn. Did this do it for you? Did Was this the promo you wanted to see from Dominic? It was a step in the right direction. I'm not going to say it's the best promo I've ever heard, but it certainly wasn't the worst. Great, great call on them to do it as a pre-tape. Don't, you know, he, he's still young. He's still, especially he's, he's brand new at being a heel on the mic. So don't make him go out there in front of a live crowd that could that could potentially, um, you know, just just heckle him hard if he has one misstep. Could want could what chant him to death. Uh, so do you know you know light it the way you want, pre-tape it, do as many takes as you need, uh, and then and then the Rhea factor. I, this is a weird. Um, it's weird, but it's working. There's a um, Jimmy. I'm trying to articulate it. There's this weird. You know, Rhea's basically as tall, if not taller, than Dom. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously Rhea has her own menacing look 
mm-hmm. of course she is still a female so then there's this dynamic of like no she's not like his there's not a romantic thing going on here but there is this it, you don't often see the woman wrestler mm-hmm. controlling or directing the male wrestler mm-hmm. there's a, there is a dynamic but but it, it there's it, it, it's it's kind of weird but i, I i'm kind of buying into it of like oh dominic's turned dark he's turned his back on his own father mm-hmm. and there's this gothic kind of crazy dangerous rhea ripley mm-hmm. that's whispering in his ear it's a little exotic it's a little seductive you just use yes. your own it's almost like you use your own imagination of what she's saying to him Right. That's, that's exactly it. It, it. it, it's, it's got people thinking, okay, how is she manipulating him? What is she saying to him that we're not hearing, you know, that sort of thing. And that's part of the allure of this. That's part of what people are gravitating to, hopefully thinking, you know, one day we're going to maybe catch them backstage and, and the camera will catch her, you know, uh, how she's manipulating it. Like, in a non-sexual way, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. obviously for the camera, but they are alluded, alluding to the fact that, you know, maybe there is something more going on. And again, right. having people guessing is some of the best uh, ways to attract them in, to keep them watching so they could find out what is going on. It's that horror movie philosophy of sometimes the best thing you can do mm-hmm. is not show people what actually happened. But maybe they only hear it, or maybe they only see the the after the seconds after, because because your imagination can be a lot scarier than what they could ever show you in reality. Exactly. Yes, and I think that hit the nail on the head. I, this mm-hmm. is I love the 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 dynamic between these two. And if you had told me a year ago that I was going to love the chemistry between Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio, mm-hmm. I would have <laughs> said, "What are you talking about? No way!" But here we are. It's it's great. I think it's it's a fascinating yeah. thing to see unfold too. Right. And, and and the big thing here, again, coming out of this is Dom saying he's not a boy, he's a man. Because, uh, you know, sometimes even myself watching it, you know, because I, I'm one of those people who remember him as a five-year-old backstage and, and stuff like that and getting to see him when he was a young kid, you know. So uh, h- hearing him say that just uh, kind of helped uh, elevate his n- new evil persona. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a tag team championship match today. Uh, Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah versus Io Sky and Dakota Kai. Uh, we, they acknowledge that this is happening because the illegal person got pinned in their last mm-hmm. match. Uh, it's a fun one. And we also get new champions uh, when Dakota Kai pins Aaliyah. Jimmy, I want to ask you this. Mm-hmm. Was was this supposed to be the wrong person pinned? You think uh, in that their original match, or was that a mistake? And they just tried to fix it here. Uh, it could be either way. I mean, but it works. The bottom line is, it doesn't matter now because it worked. It got uh, you know the the end result. If this was supposed to be the end result, it w- if it was supposed to be Kai and Sky going over in the original uh, finals of the tag team tournament, we got to that destination anyway. So, but in this case. It, uh, it it tells a different story. You know what I mean? It, it puts the baby faces over to some extent, but at the same time you say, yeah, there was a three count, but the wrong person got pinned. So now there is a reason for to have this rematch. And, you know, the heels win in heel fashion, which is kind of cool. Yep. Uh, Justin, any, uh, any takeaways on this? Do you want to see Raquel and Aaliyah stay a team? Do you feel like this was kind of a reaction to uh, – everyone's sort of thinking that damage control should have been the champions. Uh, any, 
the, to me, I guess I like the result. I, I like where we're at, but it just it feels a little weird how one team won and then just a few weeks later a new team is the champions. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, uh, uh, Raquel and Aaliyah won. Uh, I was there in Pittsburgh, uh, here in Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. So, I mean, it isn't it isn't a weird kind of timeline of like, uh, were they trying to just give the baby face a little bit of credibility for being able to say they're champions for a few weeks? I, I don't know. Um, uh, I like Raquel and Aaliyah. I, I like the the entrance they do together. I like the kind of the, the I like the contrast of the size. Um, so if it, if if we're gonna keep focus and we're gonna keep depth on a women's tag division, yeah, keep them around, and then at least they can tout that they are former tag champions. Uh, but this certainly seen seen Kai and Sky hold these titles. Look, when 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 this faction got formed, uh, what SummerSlam basically, mm-hmm. uh, and and certainly was one of the first knee jerk reactions of the of the Triple H era, right? Of, of of him putting his touch on who he wants to work with. Um, it wasn't for nothing, you know. So it's inevitable that they were going to have these tag titles. So it, it wasn't for nothing. Uh, so that's that's all I kept saying to myself is that we we had to get here eventually. Funny, kind of how we did get here for all the things we just said, but um. I don't think anybody's harmed by it, you know? Yeah. Um, we got a few super chats I want to get to here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is from Mick Cloud, uh, going back to Rhea Ripley. Uh, and I'm going to ask you this, Jimmy. Do you think that, alluding to uh, Rhea Ripley, does she have a scary Sherry vibe? I think it's more of a combination of maybe a little bit of scary Sherry, but at the same time, a little bit of China, too. Yeah. I, I get more of that China vibe, but still, I, I, I see where the scary Sherry part comes in. Not as loud and, you know, and, and screamy as scary Sherry, but, but the, the, I could, I could see where that comes in, but I, I get more of a China vibe from her. Yeah. Cause she's got the muscle. She can like back up. I get, she, mm-hmm. she can power through people. If she needs. Yeah. She looks like she's in charge. And even when she was with, when China was D, with DX, it, it almost looked like, yeah, they listened to her. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um we got another super chat here ralph the ace with a big one Ooh. uh thank you to ralph Ooh. the ace uh had had the casual friends over and enjoyed the show we do have a nostalgia super chat for you uh justin and jack did you guys have a first show that got you into wrestling for us it was mania five on vhs we old and uh jimmy your favorite underrated show you worked uh let's just go across uh justin what's your uh what is your um do you have a show that got you into wrestling that you remember specifically not one show it was just i my earliest memories of, of of watching wwf was three to four years old yeah that's like some of my earliest memories in life my mother yeah. worked. My mother worked for the police. She worked shift work. She was a very young mom, so I had a lot of time in front of the TV. So I saw wrestling. I knew I was into it. I, I could not pinpoint the very first show on TV. The very first VHS, like like the 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 first shows I started rewatching, and then I and I learned how to use a VCR at whatever age I was um, in 1992. So Rumble '92. So Rumble '92, famous one in the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, Flair and. Coming in, and then Mania Eight after that, then SummerSlam and Wembley, 1992. That whole year I have on VHS. That was my rewatch, rewatch, rewatch. Play with my action figures, kill time type of thing. Um, I'm sure I watched shows earlier. I know I watched some Saturday Night's Main Events, some things prior to that that my mom 
again, let me see. And I was very, very young. But but 92 is really when my memories start kicking in from a live standpoint where I was following along live. Yeah, for me, it was kind of similar timing, I think. I My uh, my cousin would come over and, and babysit me as a kid. And he'd always bring over wrestling tapes to like put on. And I, I used to love it, but I didn't really know. If, I, I would just kind of watch whatever he brought over. I don't know what like what order it was or anything. But the the tape I saw that I think really hooked me was that Royal Rumble that Ric Flair won. 92. And, mm-hmm. 92. Oh, yeah. So it was 92. I always mix up if it's 92 or 3. But um, the uh, I remember thinking I couldn't understand why Hulk Hogan was being such a sore loser. And, and it just like, uh, for some reason, that's what stuck with me. Is I was like, you lost. Why are you so mad? Like, And why are you being a jerk about it? But uh, that kind of got me like rolling with it. But then I always say it was uh, Scott Hall coming to the crowd on Nitro that really like, oh, I am going to watch every single episode of, of wrestling from now on and jimmy's face says man i feel so old because jimmy had been in the company for a couple of years prior to everything we just said oh, man. <laughs> yeah Pretty so much. so what is uh what's your favorite underrated show you worked my goodness we that's a tough one it's a good question it's a great question actually uh I'm trying to remember exactly what match I worked. Uh, uh, you know, we've done so many stuff uh, overseas in Europe that, uh, that are, yeah, oh man. I mean, uh, I'm trying to remember WrestleMania 13 was one in Chicago. I believe Chicago. that was in Chicago. Chicago yeah. yeah. Uh, that was, that was a great one that I, that I enjoyed working. Um, Which is interesting, Jimmy, not to cut your train of thought off. Cause that's a, that's a, that's a, other than the, uh, Brett Austin match. That's a mania that that largely gets kind of poo pooed as mm-hmm. it's in a hot period of time for the business for WWE mm-hmm. business. But yeah. it was a mania that kind of just, uh, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. yeah. It, 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 but I thought it, I thought it it didn't get didn't deserve the credit it should have got. I thought it was a, a better WrestleMania than 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 people expected. And then there were some uh, let me put it to you, some live events slash house shows that were amazing. Uh, we did one in El Paso, Texas, one time main evented by Eddie Guerrero and, uh, and JBL, which was fantastic. It was, uh, they did an angle at the, at the house show where Eddie's mom came into the ring and, uh, JBL grabbed her by the hand and she, uh, quote unquote, had a heart attack in the ring. And, uh, you know, the, oh my goodness, yeah. the place just, JBL needed a police escort out of there. Let's just put it that way. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, it's a great question, but it's a tough one at the same time. But because trying to remember every uh, uh, pay per view that I've been a part of, every TV that I've been blessed to be a part of, and house show, just too many. Just too yeah. many. Um, yeah. Great question, though. Thank you so much for the great uh, super chat. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's continue. I want to, uh, I'm just going to put together two backstage segments cause they kind of go together before our main event. Uh, Ray Mysterio trying to clear things over, uh, before the main event. First, he talks to Dominic and he gets nothing but the cold shoulder. Uh, then he tries to talk edge out of, uh, fighting his son, but no luck. Edge is like, look, I'm a good guy now. And that means I'm going to beat the crap out of my friend's child. Uh, just, uh, I don't know if there's anything to take away from this before we get to the main event, but those two things happened. Kind of gave us Dominic's like, hey, I'm not listening to my dad's side of thing. And also that Edge is a little unreasoning as well, Jimmy. Yeah, but at the same time, Edge has got to do the tough thing where he says, listen, he says he's a man now. Then we got to treat him like a man. And he's got to take this this ass whooping like a man. 
yeah. pretty much. So I, I like I like that part of it, and I get the, and I like the part of you know uh, Ray being that concerned dad, regardless of how old you know he's old enough to drink and drive. It doesn't matter. You're still a father, and you still don't want to see your son get hurt, and especially by your close personal friend. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. And as routine as these backstage promos might be, the, 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 okay, this is what we shoot and air before the main event, and yeah, you know, maybe dare I even say trivial. Um, these 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 promos are important because you have, I mean, Dominic's been one of the rising stars during the the pandemic. You know, he 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 really had his rise. He really had his regular TV time with his dad during the empty arena shows during you know during COVID and. Um, and he's always just been, you know, he was the little boy in the storylines 20 years ago. And, and then now he's, you know, he's kind of like, he's the son, he's the little protected one. He, you know, you have to shed that image you ha- and you have to aggressively, um, you have to aggressively decide you're going to shed that image if you're going to get him established as a heel. And, and, and then, and then, oh, by the way, whenever his father, you know, is retires, if Dominic wants to have any kind of staying power and remain, you, these these things right now are important to like not have him just subconsciously viewed as like the baby, as the hanger on, as he's the reason Ray's around. All these things that are something, and some of this is internet stuff, but it, it, you have to shed that. I always think that that's something that like um, this is a, a wild comparison, but I, I think it's relevant. I think that's something going back to the late '90s WCW days. They tried with David Flair, mm-hmm. Rick Flair's oldest son, and it just never. It, they never got him out of being just the crazy son of Rick. They, it, and, and, and looking hindsight now, like was there ever a chance? You know, you're you right. look like you look like Rick Flair. Your last name's Flair. If if you're not going to be the the next best worker of the generation, what are you trying to do? And so I think that's kind of the thing here with Dom is like you know I don't know what Dom's long term is. I don't know if Don eventually. Uh, puts on a mask and he's the next Ray Mysterio or if he continues to be Dom Mysterio or if whatever. But I think these things are pivotal pivotal right now to if this is going to work, you have to establish him as his own identity as a standalone man. As as Jimmy said, Edge said, if he wants to be a man, we're going to treat him like such. And that kind of stretches into reality right now as if, okay, if you want to do this, we're going to book you as such. You're not just going to come out there to your father's entrance music and pop. You're going to come out to your own. You're going to hold your own in the main event, and you're going to take yours. And then, but, oh, but by the way, you also need to make sure that you do what we need you to do, which is the heel that's going to be as piece of shit as possible. Mm-hmm. Something I did like about this, too, and I agree with everything you just said, Justin. These segments felt like they were supposed to be about Dom and Edge, but in a lot of ways, too, this was really about Rey Mysterio kind of losing his son and his last last attempt to try to keep his son and protect his son even though he wasn't even in the match, which I think was really great character development for what he's doing and probably where this is all going uh, as well, even though it wasn't, even though it felt like it was about edge and Dom, you know, I think it was actually doing a lot of good stuff for, for Ray as well throughout mm-hmm. uh, who I think, I think what we talk about good stuff that was done. Mm-hmm. These next couple segments, I think were just incredible. First off, we're going to split them up into two. We got, Johnny Gargano making his debut against Chad Gable. And I think this was the perfect match for Gargano to have in a debut in every way. Uh, it was a match with Gable, which makes Gargano easy to love because we all hate Chad Gable. Plus, the match was 
bonkers good. And it helped people who don't know who Johnny Gargano is see just how good he is in the ring and as a wrestler. And it helped play to the loose affiliation that Alpha Academy has with Theory and that kind of building rivalry they have. I think, Justin, I think that much like Cody Rhodes, I feel like they have just got a slam dunk with how they've brought in Johnny Gargano. So far, so good. Uh, you know, I, Cody has a little bit more advantage of having a little bit more cachet right. with the name, and of course, you know, coming out of AEW and that. But Johnny, I, I will say, uh, and I, I've, I've, I've rehashed it many times. Uh, you know, I, I have a personal love for Johnny, dating back over a decade of working with him and his family. Johnny certainly is my my note here. Johnny is the most white meat baby face they have right now. I say it as a compliment because. Uh, in this day and age anymore with the internet and with it's cooler to be bad, it's cooler to be anti-establishment. Johnny is the kind of guy who he is, eat your vitamins, drink your milk. That is him as a, that that's him as his personality and his character. That's him as a man. He is not a partier with vices. He is not a guy that's taking shortcuts. I mean, he is the most wholesome guy next door. You want to marry off to your daughter, so to speak. That, that, that can be a tall hill. A uh, tall mountain to climb for a babyface in today's pro wrestling climate. So far, though, his hard work ethic, uh, his, he's managed, he, he is getting to the crowd. I, I think, you know, you saw a crowd standing up and kind of applauding. Okay, this is why this guy is called Johnny Wrestling. He is going to perform in a, in a, in a style in a way that not many others on the show are going to be able to match. So, so far, yeah, this was a great return and ring you know, for him um, and a good opponent and Chad Gable who can match the athleticism, but also Chad Gable is just easy heat right now. I mean, Chad Gable is just so over as a heel. It's fun. So this was a great pairing, great booking decision by, by triple H who gets the credit. Right. So yeah, yeah uh, uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see how this uh, want to see six months from now where Johnny's at and what the reaction is to him. Yeah, Jimmy, I I, I want to I agree with Justin too in the sense that I don't think he's as big of a like I don't think he's going to headline mania the way I think Cody Rhodes probably will. But I just mean as as far as the execution goes, introducing this character into the world, mm-hmm. I can't imagine how they could have done it better. Uh, but what do you think? You've you've been around. You've seen a lot of people come and go. Uh, is I feel like if you've never seen Johnny Gargano, you completely get the character and he can just take off. And mm-hmm. now his success is in his hands, I feel like. And like Justin said, he's such a good guy that comes across on television. And and for once, people are gravitating towards a good person. And I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but yes, he came out unexpectedly, surprisingly here in Toronto. Uh, you know, to to the main roster, his main roster debut, so to speak, re-debut as, uh, you know, he signed back with mm-hmm. the company as people were expecting it to happen elsewhere, closer to his hometown, so to speak. And mm-hmm. so they took their time with it. They let it, they let it fester. They let people again go, I can't wait to see this guy in the ring. And then, you, like you said, pairing him up with someone like a Chad Gable, who is just, uh, you, you talk about people who don't get enough credit for what they do. You want, you want to get somebody over, and look good at the same time and get over without going over. Chad Gable is your guy. And he helped Johnny Gargano. Not that he needed the help because Johnny Gargano is just that damn good. But you, you know what I'm saying? It, it's just, it was just a perfect pairing. It almost felt like it was a flawless matchup. And, and uh, to Justin's point, uh, I guess Triple H was the one who decided to put these two together for the debut. And 
Couldn't have made a better choice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, doing comparisons, uh, you know, Johnny, I, I know he he kind of internalizes to be the best gen- the best possible version of this generation of, of a Shawn Michaels. He loves to be the the guy that just you look at his face and it's like, oh, my God, you just feel his pain. He's trying to fight through and fight up and he does it. And then I've always said that Chad Gable reminds me of like. In some respects, just the some of the best heel Owen Hart. And it was really fun watching these two work because there were little segment, there was little sequences that I was like, that kind of looked like a Sean Owen thing back in like 96. <laughs> so it's fun to watch. I love the Owen Hart comparison. So many go people go with the Kurt Angle comparison. I like the Owen Hart comparison. I think that's a better comparison. Yeah, uh, but call. that was, that was uh, yeah, I, I thought this was just a, really well done but then after i was like catching my breath i was like that was a great segment knocked out of the park after that we get theory in the ring and i still call him theory because i don't like when wwe just changes the names of people (laughs) so uh theory he's uh you're 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 just farmer the graphic the graphic needs to be changed you're just farmer i like the old days when they got rid of the first names mm-hmm. <laughs> uh no but we get uh we get theory he's talking trash and kevin owens comes out and uh kevin owens my oh my he is just you can set your clock to a just game changing kevin owens promo each and every week this guy i don't know if he's just been like, like he's always been good but i feel like the past few weeks has just been awesome and this wasn't just awesome because like he was feeling it but i mean he made johnny gargano look like a million bucks during this promo he Mm -hmm. made the differences between him and austin theory seem like just this big issue that now suddenly this feels like a blood rivalry even though they kind of didn't have too much of a history jimmy they nailed this i think kevin owens has just been a superstar he absolutely hasn't. Like you said, the last few weeks, he's been given the ball and he yeah. is running with it. He is hitting it on every, you know, I talked earlier about ticking off all the boxes. Forget about ticking off all the boxes. He's just, he, he's, he's hammering it out of the park. He's hammering it into the, the ocean. It's just everything he touches. If you give it to Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens is on a roll right now. And it, we always knew uh, those of us who know Kevin, I've known him for a long time knew he had it in him. He just needed a, a, a an outlet for it uh, and not to be restricted as much. Yes, you can guide him and, and as they say, give him bullet notes, but let Kevin Owens be Kevin Owens. And we saw the real Kevin Owens tonight. That is that passion, that fire, that, that intensity that uh, people are trying to compare to someone like a the other night, the other past Wednesday night where we saw another great promo, but this is the Kevin Owens you can get, on a weekly basis. And it just seems like everything you give him now, he's going to knock it out of the park. And tonight was just another example of it. Yeah, Justin, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Kevin Owens, but also I want to talk about Austin theory and how 
it's very it's so impressive how he's grown i feel you can see the confidence change in him over the past few weeks and now him interacting with the crowd but also i feel like this was one of the best in my opinion theory moments in a very long time the blood on his face the angry the serious version of of theory who's been kind of a joke but tonight it felt like after his uh scuffle with with theory he looked like a very serious very dangerous kind of opponent now yeah, I mean, the- theory. Uh, he does have a confidence. He- even last week, you know, when he was he he me- he messed up his words and he immediately blamed it on the the jaw pain from Tyson Fury punching him. And he he and again, maybe this speaks to the greater thing that we're hearing about in the company. He doesn't feel like he's walking on eggshells. Nobody does. Everybody kind of feels like they just go out. They can just take their best swing and just try. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, theory feels like is that, you know, even though theory was very much on TV, he was the Vince handpicked guy. Even now, if Vince is no longer involved, theory still feels like somebody you need to pay attention to. You need to like, you know, what have you? Uh, yeah. And then KO, you know, Owens, um, uh, great promo. I really am intrigued by the baby face situation that is a brewing in WWE. Mm-hmm. That's been one of the weak spots of WWE as a whole in the last we'll call it five years maybe it's 10 years i don't know is the you know when john cena goes back to hollywood you know when brock goes back to the farm when who are baby faces that can move merch sell tickets get get people to come to the live event and 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 poughkeepsie and, you know and you look you, you got white meat baby face johnny gargano who's getting people behind him on a work ethic you got a a, a riddle who He's just got this weird kind of, you know, he, he's he's got this Randy Orton rub to him, but Randy's gone, so you kind of believe in him because he's like Randy's extension, and then he's got this stoner, happy vibe to him, but he's a tough guy. He's an MMA guy. You know, then you got Cody Rhodes, who's he's a Rhodes, and he's, he's back from the competition, but he's injured. Then you got KO, who's like the closest thing to like that anti-hero Stone Cold, who got to work with Stone Cold in WrestleMania. Um, you got Edge, who's the Hall of Famer, who's the babyface situation right now is just is fascinating. And then you got Braun Strowman, who's back all of a sudden, mm-hmm. who normally guys of his size are not sympathetic characters, but we're all in favor of Braun and the brute strength. The babyface situation is fascinating in WWE, and so everybody. This whole thing was fascinating. Johnny wins. He gets cut off by Theory. Theory's cutting the BS promo. He gets cut off by KO. I, I just love the transition. It really kind of summarized the situation right now in WWE, which is which is which is fun. It's really fun. Absolutely. And the and the what's nice too is the uh, the good guys. They're not getting. I, I used to feel like I used to feel like in a lot of ways WWE was the land of hopelessness. Uh, a f- up to a few months ago, where. It felt like the good guys always just got embarrassed every time they tried to do good. Like the, they'd get beat up, or you know, they. I always think of Roman Reigns when he got dog food dumped on his head, and all of a sudden, like pie in the face or whatever. Where now it feels like the good guys are actually someone that you're not embarrassed to be a fan of. One of the, for those of you on the audio only, I'm doing the uh, the Doctor Evil air quotes. One of the good guys is stalking. 
a man and his family outside of oh. his, out of their mansion, but he's a guy oh. who's been. So that kind of just sums up, Jack, where we're at right now. <laughs> oh, I've got, I've got my thoughts on that today too. Yeah. Uh, but we do we before we get there, we've got a champ another championship match, Bianca Belair with <sighs> the open challenge that Sonya Deville answers. Uh, they have a match, and Bianca Belair wins. Afterwards, Damage Control wants to jump Bianca, but Oscar and Alexa Bliss come out and save the day. Uh, Justin, I want to go back to you on this one. I loved that Sonya explained their history before they had the match instead of just being a random match. And it reminded me of KO also talking about how he became the Universal Champion. And it, something that WWE's been doing that I've noticed is that they're letting us know that history matters. What had happened before matters. And even though it could have been looked at as a throwaway thing that Sonya mentioned it, to me, it was like, okay, she's not just open challenge. I'm closest to the <laughs> closest to the entry ramp. There was actually like a reason she's out there. All those reasons are good. All that logically is good. Um, and I like Sonya Deville. I, you know, I, I, I've liked her overall, her presentation, her look, everything. Um this match didn't hit it for me. This, I don't know if it was too long. I'm not sure where the fall was. I'll, I'll be honest. And, and if, if, if she sees this, I, I mean this with all respect, she looked blown up. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, we got to a point where it was, where it was trying to go, it was time to go home and she just looked blown up versus her thoroughbred athletic stud of an opponent and Bianca who looked like she hadn't even broke a sweat. And then proceeded to do a post-match promo and interaction with Bailey. Um, I don't know what happened here. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was blown up. I don't know if it was not on the same page. I don't know if it was whatever. But um, you know, Bianca retains. As I again, I'm glad it was a match for a title because we can all let's, let's let's not take for granted, Jimmy, where we would have been two or three months ago, where it would have been okay. Sonny's got to beat Bianca in order to get a title match against Bianca. So I'm glad at least it had stakes on it. But I'm watching this, and I'm like, and I'm rooting for both girls, um, both both ladies. Uh, but it, it just, it, this did not sit with me. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just to front it, I'm a big Sonya Deville fan, so I always want to support her. But you're right; it did feel something did feel off about this, and I, I never mm-hmm. want to pretend like I know what the issue was because it could have been a million things. But, mm-hmm. uh, but Jimmy, you've been in there. This one, yeah, it felt like just something wasn't. It felt like something wasn't right in this one, but. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Those, those those nights happen to all performers. It doesn't matter who it is. Every every once in a while, it, you get a night where things don't click, and it didn't feel like it clicked here. And to get a little nitpicking, a little bit off topic here, uh, yes, I get that these two had a history in the past, which was explained, which I liked. But at the same time, here is a female superstar from SmackDown just showing up on Raw to answer an open challenge, and and again, it almost makes that you know the the uh, uh brand, brand split let's so to speak for lack of a better term feel like okay so why do we have one if you can just walk on to to raw or a raw superstar could just walk on to smackdown yes i i get it they gave us a reason why she wanted to face bianca belair but at the same time it just kind of that that at first put me in the mood of oh i don't know why uh you know they could they could have figured something else out. And then and the crowd reaction was pretty quiet for Sonya. Yes, maybe, maybe to that confusion too of why am I seeing? I, I don't and, know. 
I even have a note here. Crowd quiet for this match. Crowd you know was quiet. I mean? Yeah, it, it was just yeah. crowd was quiet. I think it was longer than it needed to be. Yes. Um, and then and then even so, like you could say Gargano and Gable longer than you wanted to be, but they kept the they kept their energy up to fulfill yeah. the time that they were asked to get to to fulfill. This did not. It just uh, it just felt a little sloppy towards the and, end. Like and those two clicked too. It was working. What they were yeah. doing was working anyway. Yeah. I think Sonia to, to honestly too didn't feel like much of a threat. I don't think anyone went into this thing and she, it didn't feel like this was going to be a tough fight or a long fight. Uh, but as far as the brand split go, goes, so to help you ease your mind, Jimmy, hmm. there's no brand split. Just let it go. It's like it's like when you watch those tag matches and everyone's in the ring for like a minute and a half. What is? Just let it go. There's no. Just, what, just what, an, what an offensive thing to say to a man who was an, who was an exclusive SmackDown referee. I know with the blue shirt and all. The blue shirt and all. Yes. Those the days are the dude was the dude crossed the picket line. Yes, Jimmy, that's going back to the days when wrestlers had two names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, yeah. uh, no, but uh, I, I've kind of just come to accept people are going to jump across the. The lines i know yeah. but, but still you know the, at least uh you gave us a reason why this match was happening because these two had a history give us a reason why she came over from smackdown right. she was given a one night uh hall pass whatever the hell you want to call it i don't know <laughs> did they have a name for that they had they had that for a while where it was like it was it was it was like a three-week thing that that vince and usa never it was like it was like a wild card or yeah X yeah, wild yeah wild card card. Show. It was in the dark times. It was right around the same time that twenty four seven title was created. Yes. That was a very that was a very weird time. No, no, uh, not weird. Dark. 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 Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> that that um, that period. Not the same time as underground, was it? Or was it? No, no, it's all around the same that time. Was underground. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Weird time. Weird mm-hmm. day. Dark yep. times. You're right. You're right. Uh, we got uh, speaking of raw underground. Here's a uh, segue. Omos. The former guard to the door of Raw Underground is back and he's beating people up. Uh, Jimmy, this is just a dominant match for Omos. And uh, I think just kind of reminding us that there's a giant still looming in WWE. Exactly. And uh, we still don't know exactly what that plan is for the giant, which is what is good about it. You know, we don't know who his target is just yet. Uh but we're, we're seeing that he is a dominant figure taking out two people. And I, I know people are going to say, well, he took out two enhancement talent. It doesn't matter who he took out. He took out two guys. Mm-hmm. And he looked strong. He looked dominant. And he was basically playing with them, for lack of a better term. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The, again, it's the next step. It's the first name guy that he defeats in dominant fashion, which will make it interesting to see uh, how the audience reacts to that. Well, yeah, Justin, and also now if there is like, let's say, an open challenge and we're like, who's it going to be? When you hear Omos's music, it's not going to feel random. You're going to go, oh, yeah, he's been killing people lately. Yeah, I mean, I can't add much more to what Jimmy said. I'll say this. I like the fact that they are, you know, they're not abandoning Omos, mm-hmm. but they are slow playing. Um, I like that they are trying to fill in some of the gaps with the presentation. And what I mean is his ring gear. He had questions for, for a long time there. He was wearing like oversized winter coats and he was wearing this and he's wearing that. I like that they're getting to the ring gear where it's something that shows off his body, his tattoos look, but it also still vibes with his feel. I like that they're, his music is evolving and now it sounds like there's 
uh, a rap in in his native language. I maybe I, like the the presentation is starting to come together. It's starting to make sense. He's not just getting generic track three. Uh, cameraman has to <laughs> cameraman has to get on his ankles to shoot sky high at his face. Like we're starting to like make things feel on purpose with him. Uh, don't know what his first real meaningful story is going to be. Uh, but but look, he's a guy who he he doesn't doesn't grow on trees. A guy his size does not grow on trees. Um, he is a tree. Yeah, you know he's <laughs> he's learned what he's learned up to this point. At least enough that's kept everybody saying, "Okay, let's keep trying with this guy." So you keep trying, but you but you're not you're not going to rush him to the main event right now because that's not ready, you know. Right. So yeah, it, it's a delicate, slow balance play. But I like the fact they're at least trying to tighten up his presentation, mm-hmm. and and that that's something right now. Right, Jimmy, did you get the technical difficulties during the entrance? Yes. Is that, was it, do you think that's a, a bit or was that real technical difficulties? No, it was technical difficulties up here in Canada. We even lost audio for a few seconds. Okay. I was wondering if it might be like the crashed cars and uh, mm. fires we're seeing in the background and stuff like that. He's so tall, it screws with our... <laughs> it our... does. It gives me vertigo sometimes when they show that guy next mm-hmm. to people. Uh, but I do want to uh, give a quick shout out to one of his opponents. Invictus Cash uh, is a guy who does a lot of wrestling out here in Southern California. He's been on AW Dark a few times as well. He was the blonde one. Uh, very talented fella. I'm going to be seeing him at Championship Wrestling tomorrow, actually, here in Irvine. Um, so he's got a plan to catch. Uh, sure. But uh, as we continue on, we go from one monstrously strong person to another. Uh, Bobby Lashley interrupts a Rollins promo, uh, and they debate who the face of Raw is, and it turns into a match next week for the U.S. title. Uh, this is why I assumed he had mm. said world title earlier on, because he said here, I wasn't thinking about the U.S. title, but mm. I'll take it from you anyways. Um, again, Justin, something where they're, they're doing where they connect things and these little things I feel like matters where he says, you MMA guys always want to fight about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin, which ties back to riddle, which again, makes it feel like there's a connection, even though it's, it doesn't really matter. But me as the viewer, like, Oh wow, this is connect. This feels like it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to ask people to sit through a three hour show, just try to make it make sense. Try to make, mm-hmm. try to make, Trying to make point A connect to point C. <laughs> yeah. From hour one to hour three. Um, so it, it's, this is just, I mean, again, it, it's, 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 it's this raw overall. I know, I know we're not in the point where we're done raw and we're giving our overall grade, but this kind of ties into my point here. This raw was not the best in the Triple H era. It was not the most exciting. Um, it, it, but it, it kind of settles in in the honeymoon era, right? Like it's like this raw in the Vince era would have been bananas. Yeah. Now, based upon what we've seen, it's kind of it's kind of so so. Mm-hmm. But what it is, it, it serves the principles, which is just make things matter, just little mm-hmm. things, make them connect. If you got three hours to fill, I know it's a long time, but just it, it's just these little things of of, of attempt, of mm-hmm. effort, and that's what this was. This was not the best, most exciting episode, but mm-hmm. at least what you just said connects some dots and makes it seem like okay, there's no segment waste here. Every segment. Mm-hmm. Let's put forth something on TV that somehow can progress something else. Right. I did think at one point, Lashley was like, you're always wearing these crazy suits. I was like, Lashley, you wear fancy suits too. (laughs) They're just different. Mm -hmm. Jimmy, I got to ask, if Mm -hmm. you have to choose, 
Seth Rollins or Bobby Lashley, which one right now would you say is the face of Raw? Uh, well, you have a great argument for Monday Night Rollins right now because uh, and and uh, uh, to, to the point of where he said that wasn't the title I was thinking of, but you know what? That title could use someone like me to elevate it to the status it it should be because you have not elevated the status of the U.S. championship or something along those lines to make it uh, seem like he's the one that could elevate that title. And and you know what? I'm 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 all for someone like a Seth Rollins uh, having that that United States championship and making it mean something again on Monday night. Not that Bobby doesn't, but he. Like you said, the, the crowd is into Seth Rollins right now. He has got people, whether they cheer for him or not, people want to see Seth Rollins. And he can, he's a guy you can put that title on and make it relevant again. Not that Bobby is not making it relevant. It's just that people aren't gravitating to him like they would to Seth Rollins at this time. I want to see him make Let's Fight About It, his new catchphrase. I thought that that's a, a great line. He said, he said that today. Uh, we get a, an interesting interview with the Miz in his home or Manor Marmiz as the sign said on the wall. And uh, it doesn't go very well as far as interviews go, but after they leave, Dexter Loomis is in the house. Justin, I found myself, you alluded to this earlier. I found myself agreeing with Corey Graves. This is getting kind of creepy where th did they leave their kids in the house with Dexter Loomis? That's a, that's kind of a creepy this is like, why are we cheering for the creepy stalker? I don't get it. Yeah, they're banking on the fact that Miz is such an effective heel. He's been you know, one of the best heels in the last 15 years. It's like mm -hmm. you, you almost drop, you know, especially if you're a husband or a father, you just drop uh, application to your life and you're just like, oh, the Miz is such a, such a whiny POS. I, you know, uh, this right. is fun. Um, I don't know where they're headed here. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. This has been one of the stories that, that, that WWE has put so much effort in, in the last month to this, mm -hmm. to the Easter eggs, to the pay attention to the background of who's there. I like that. I, but yeah, I am curious. What, what are we tr like, what are we trying to accomplish? Why Miz? Why is Dexter Loomis seeked out the Miz? Um, yeah, we saw the kids very prominent in the situation. Mm -hmm. Ms. and Maurice leave. The guards will walk the interview crew out. Well, is there a maid or a nanny putting the kids to bed? Because there's the mm -hmm. psycho in the house. So there's a lot of things that are need to be flushed out here. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I again, why the Miz? I and I, uh, I wouldn't have the kids. I would have thought that was maybe just like a directing thing. Maybe they forgot to account for the kids going with the parents. Mm -hmm. But then he drew the kids. Mm -hmm. That's what. That's what actually reminded me. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like that. That they, that wasn't just a oops. We forgot to put the kids in the car to connect that. That was mm -hmm. the kids were mentioned there. Jimmy and everyone in the chat. By the way, Jimmy, you too. Are you rooting for creepy stalker Dexter? Not, not me personally. I mean, it would have been different if at the end of the segment we would have seen like last week where the car pulls away and he's in the back with that light yeah. on him and stuff like that. But like you said, in this instance, with him in the house, we already saw the kids and you're thinking, did the director forget that the kids were in the house? But then he held up the picture, like you said, and never, it just felt too, too creepy, uh, especially for someone who's, you know, Chasing a heel, right? You know what I mean? Or you know, now that makes you think, who's the heel here? 
This guy's you know, right. right. It, why is he? Cha- it's not. It's not like. It's not like the Miz did something where he really wronged Dexter Loomis. Like it's like yeah. why? Why is Dexter Loomis doing like I mean, that, yeah. that? Why? Yeah, and I, and you know I always preach. Sorry to cut you off there, yeah, Jack. Go for it. You know because I always preach about taking your time, taking your time, but you can also take too much time. And this feels like we haven't even planted a seed. We haven't given a hint as to why. It's just creepy. Yeah, we're getting pretty far into this one i feel like we need our next story beat uh mm-hmm. to happen mm-hmm. like and uh to justice point i need to, we need to know why i think he's doing this because we might get i was i was now i call it the uh mechanical spider uh theory of if you remember when rowan had the the cage and like what is it what is it we didn't know forever and like oh it's a spider and like well that's a waste of time like if na- the longer they take the bigger of a reveal I feel like this has to be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to go, oh, that was a big letdown. Right. Uh, and I feel like we're kind of getting to that place where like, if they don't tell me something new about this soon, I don't think they'll be able to live up to it. The only thing I'll say, and resp- I agree everything with, your, with everything you're saying, Jack, the only thing I'll say in response is, again, it seems like in this new regime, mm-hmm. s- storytelling and it seems like these answers have been figured out or whatever so i'd like to believe that they have the end result already planned out and they're gonna unveil things that so next week the three of us will go oh okay that's what <laughs> like so we'll i i'd like to hope that because it seems like they are taking more detail more care to the details but right now as it sits it is kind of hard to be team dexter why the hell is he doing this yeah <laughs> the, the, the Miz, the Miz is a whiny, arrogant Hollywood, pretentious asshole. But mm-hmm. what did he do to deserve this, this guy to infiltrate <laughs> right. his house and his kids? Right? Because when Rollins did it to Edge, we hated Rollins doing it. Right. Anyways, yeah. um, speaking of kids getting involved in dangerous situations, Dominic has a match with Edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get an aggressive Edge to start with a more Weasley Dominic who gets a ton of help from Rhea. When Dominic gets tied up, Ray gets involved to stop Edge from hurting his son. That's when Judgment Day shows up and takes out both Ray and Edge, and they just destroy the leg of Edge. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, were you as bothered by the fact that they didn't throw this match out when Ray started aggressively getting in the way of Edge as I was? Um, like, isn't that a DQ? He's like literally getting in, physically involved with a competitor in the ring in the match. Um. Uh- Technically, yes, but at the same time, that's a little bit of different, a creative license, so to speak, here, because it's a father protecting his son, and he didn't really get physically involved. Yes, he jumped in the ring and stopped him from running, but there wasn't any physical contact. So you can kind of technically say that, but at the same time, no, I get what you're saying. It didn't bother me as much as you would think, because especially someone as a referee who kind of critiques a lot of stuff that I've been seeing uh over the last little while that really annoys me even tonight a little bit uh uh some of the outside you know work on the outside of the ring wasn't being counted and stuff like that again uh kind of bothered me a little bit that bothered me more than actually the ray part yes i get where you're coming from but at the same time in this story it kind of makes sense not to throw it out uh, Ray causing the match. It, it, it almost, you know, the heels jumping in and uh, ju- Judgment Day coming in and and having the bell ring because of them makes more sense, kind of, sort of. 
I'll be honest with you. It didn't really bother me. I was just hoping you would get all fired up and angry about it. So I tried to, I tried to, I tried oh, to, you're baiting me. I was trying to bait you a little bit. There. No, but, it, but it actually fits with the story that's being told here, as opposed to happening every week where something like that happens. This was a, a unique situation, so to speak, and a unique story being told with a father and son. So it, that's why it didn't bother me as much. Justin, did Dominic uh, do a good job, you think, as a as the bad guy in his first go round? I wouldn't call it a failure, but again, it was kind of the middle of the line. You know, I I like the call of making a DQ so Dominic doesn't lose. Uh, Dominic's the one standing tall, bashing the chair on the knee. All those things I like. Um, again, I want to see more. I want to see how this develops. I, I, I do like, too, I've always harped on this about WWE. I always hated the fact that if you're in a faction in WWE, everybody has the same focus, right? If you're in a faction, everybody has the same opponent. I like the fact that Rhea and Dom are dealing with Ray and Edge, and you have Finn and Priest who are antagonizing Riddle. I like the fact that you can be in a faction and have multiple storylines. I That is, that is a, a creatively refreshing policy. So I'm going to focus on that. Dom didn't... He didn't crap the bed. He didn't... You know, he he wasn't a superstar. It was it kind of was what it was. I want to see how this. Uh, quite frankly, we're you know I think there's one more show. I think there's maybe a Saudi show and then there's Survivor Series. So I just kind of want to see like, are we leading towards Judgment Day at a Survivor Series match? You know, or, you know like I I kind of want to see where is the plan for this here to go. Uh, Dylan in the chat uh, says that uh, every single one of those chair shots missed. No, uh, chair shots oh, Dom missed. No, it didn't, Dylan. No, it, did no, it didn't. He, no, he, no. he placed them where he's supposed to to make it look Ex good, but, but not hurt the damn guy. Exactamundo. <sighs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Ray, uh, Edge probably appreciates not uh, full-blown shots mm -hmm. in the very least, but uh, I'm you're sure... Not, you're not supposed to flush hit flesh. <laughs> right. Use the, the canvas. The uh, I, I'm sure it still hurt pretty good, though, too. Uh, you, but, you feel it. You feel it. But but uh, also that uh, that stomp to the knee by um, by Finn Balor at the mm -hmm. end. I was, for a second, I thought he really broke his leg. I was like, the way it looked visually, just really quick. It, they Look really good. well done. Do yeah. you think, uh, Jimmy? Do you think Edge is going to be out for a little bit? Is this them kind of taking him off TV for a little bit? You think? Uh, maybe, maybe so. I mean, like, like you said, it could be setting up something for, for Survivor Series down the road. And again, it would make sense for Edge to sell this for at least a couple of weeks mm -hmm. because, because it was that devastating with the chair shots and then that, uh, they coup de gras off the top onto the side of the knee, which, like you said, it looked terrible. And, you know, even in our commentary, oh my God, they broke his leg, you know, and it looked really good. And, if he doesn't take at least a couple of weeks off, then uh, what was the point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for a second, I I thought they really broke it for a second. I was I, I cringed, and then clearly they didn't. So I was like, oh, okay, but uh, just the shot looked gross. Uh, but uh, that does it. That's the show. Um, I think, and and Justin, you alluded to it. I don't know if this is one we're going to talk about in 10 years, but I think it progressed everything. This, this is an example of we have settled into a new standard. Mm -hmm. This was a good show, especially when you compare it to a show three months ago. This is a good show for a lot of minute things of pace, 
storytelling, getting talent exposed. But now that we are starting to move our scale and our standard to the Triple H way of booking, and I'm just going to call it that because that's just the easiest way to, to, to categorize it. Um, it was not his best. It, it, it was what it was. But also keep in mind, we are, you know, just removed from a Clash of the Castle premium love event. We are many, many weeks away from the next checkpoint of a premium love event. I, I Again, I think it's a Saudi show. I think. Uh, and then yeah, Survivor Series. I can't, yeah. So, you know, you just have to take that all in consideration. You know, that that's all this was. But again, for a three-hour show, which is a damn tall task, three hours, it still was a great effort to try to keep this going, to try to get people over, to make guys and girls matter. It just wasn't the most exciting. It, it was what it was, but this was far less painful to talk about than again, <laughs> some of the ones we've talked about in the last couple of years. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had to dig deep for some of those <laughs> in, the, in the past. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy, I, I think that much like we've said, I, I don't know if this one wasn't the most exciting, but I feel like there'll be other episodes in the future that are more exciting because of the groundwork today set. No, exactly. And, and you can have a show every week. That's, Let's uh, and and now, now for those listening again, I'm doing the air quotes now. Right, pay per view quality shows every week on television. Yes, you have to progress storylines, and sometimes when you're progressing storylines, you're taking a little bit of that flash and substance away in order to tell these stories, and that's just part of uh, of, of weekly television, episodic television, which is basically what pro wrestling is. It's weekly episodic television. I know Vince used to get lambasted for saying that, but he wasn't lying, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes, like you said, especially with the last couple of weeks, the way they've been, we're coming off of that great uh, premium live event from uh, clash of the castle and that sort of stuff. And, and, you know, NXT starting to get back to kind of like their roots, but still have the, the, the colorfulness. They're not black and gold again. Um, I think the expectations are higher than they should be. I, you know, like you, like I said, tonight was a, a good show. It was a solid show. It just and, you've been getting and, good ones. And we saw Johnny. We saw Braun. We yes. We can't have a return every week, right? Mm-hmm. You, you got to let each return breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. We've seen how that works out when you right. do when you do too many returns or debuts all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we got a super chat from King Rail saying we need a light heavy title. No, we don't. Uh, no, we don't. Too many titles. Yeah. Then you're just accentuating the fact that oh my goodness, the cruiserweight champion. I hate I hate weight class titles in pro wrestling. Right. Me too. I, I I've I I've loved stuff that's happened in those divisions. I, I don't mm-hmm. like limiting title. I don't like it right. when only certain people are allowed to do it go for it well you're in a you're in a genre that (laughs) the weights are worked everything Mm -hmm. right we're not stepping on a real scale here right yeah there were some people like i remember when buddy murphy was the uh champion i was like no way that guy's under 205 that guy's (laughs) jacked to to the gills no way he's he's under 205 uh there's a few few of them i was like i don't i don't think so no uh, but uh, but that does it. That does it for the show. Uh, thank you, everyone, for being in the chat. Dylan, Ethan Cruz, Ricky, Bernie, Jason James, John Everett, Dream Realm Studios, Jamie Mendoza, Lil Duat, K 
King Rail, uh, and of course, everyone else. Baby Ice, thank you guys so much for being in the chat. Always appreciate it. Again, leave a comment, leave a five-star review with a nice little note about Triple J in there. Uh, but before we head out, Justin Labar, where can the world find you online? At Justin Labar. And Jimmy Corderas. At Jimmy Corderas, doing my thing like I always do, the Canadian heat magnet. And you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. That does it for us. Make sure to follow at Wrestling Inc. And make sure to tune in for the After NXT show here on Wrestling Inc. Tomorrow, the After Dynamite show on Wednesday. And the After Smackdown and Rampage show on Friday. Uh, that does it for us. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>